Yeah? Are you ready to hear and obey by faith? A God who loves you beyond your understanding? That's, that's kind of a cool place to be in. Um, just before I start, I want to just remind everyone that uh, this Tuesday night, we are, I am doing IPC 101, so if you're new and you want to get to know me, if you want to get to know our church, um, and it's vision, it's mission, uh, the heart of the congregation, uh, just come along. Sign up uh, today at the welcome desk, but uh, that's an opportunity for you to, to really connect a little more and get to know more about us, so that's there for you. And I'd also like to really reinforce the leadership training that's happening next Sunday, just kidding, next Saturday. Um, if you're a leader at IPC, would you like, seriously think about coming? We want to enable our leaders to lead incredibly well so that our ministries can be incredibly effective. And we need trained, capable leaders in those roles. So just a, a word also to think about uh, for next Saturday. Let me pray. I'll ask God to speak. Lord, we do believe that as we are here, you by your spirit join us. And we welcome you, uh, Holy Spirit, uh, today. And as we look into Scripture, we want to hear your voice in that quiet way, Lord. We want to know those moments when we just are, are sure that you are addressing our lives through what is spoken. So we would pray that you would speak and that all who are gathered here might have those encounters with you. They might know that God is addressing their lives. And that they might remember, Lord, that you really are a God of love and that you wouldn't say anything to us other than what is for our good and for our blessing, uh, that which would give us life. So yes, Lord, we listen. We're ready to hear. We invite you now to speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to start this morning by asking you where you are experiencing the presence and the power of God's Holy Spirit in your life. I hope you are, because this series is all about the idea that we can, and biblically, we're invited to know the presence of, the, of God in our lives and to experience not only his presence, but his power at work in us. The contention, I suppose, that lies below this is there are so many Christians who know way more about God than they experience of him. Might that be you? You know, you know way more about God. You know, you have the, the facts and the, and, and the understanding in your mind, but actually experiencing God in life, that's a bit of a different reality. And when we started a few weeks ago in this series, we looked at the Bible, Old and New Testaments, how people knew about God, but they also encountered Him, His presence and His power. And I hope you're praying for it. I hope you're looking for it. I hope you're encountering it. We're offering prayer at the end of these uh, uh, services and Again, we'll do that in both corners and at the back, if you would like, based on the sermon today and the focus that we'll have. And the idea is that there you would encounter God, but more so that when you go from this place, you will encounter God answering the prayers that are offered up for you. And you'll know that he's moving in your life and that he's real. You see, this takes us from kind of a dry um, knowledge of God to an active, dynamic, living experience and relationship with the Lord. And uh, that's, that's our hope. That's, that's where we're headed. A few weeks ago, we had time of prayer, simply that you might ask, Holy Spirit, move in my life. Give me more of yourself. Let me experience your presence and your power. Two weeks ago, we talked about the, the conversion realities, the eye, uh, opening of our eyes by the Spirit, the repentance that the Spirit leads us to, and so forth. And people were invited to come to pray in those ways, even to accept Christ, to receive him into their lives. 
Well, today we're going to look uh, at uh, the first of four stories that happen in uh, Mark chapter 4 at the end and then all the way through chapter 5. The first one is essentially about circumstances. And that's what we'll focus on today. Times when, when, when we're going through really difficult times uh, in, in life. Um, we're going to focus in on that and, and I hope that you might recognize there are um, dynamics at, go, at work in your life that Jesus wants to speak into by his spirit and profoundly impact your life. You'll have opportunity to pray at the end of the service to that end. Then next week we're going to look at the beginning of Mark chapter 5. There's a man who is um, demonized and Jesus goes and he breaks that man free from the power of evil. We're going to grapple with that and offer opportunity for that to happen in your life next week. The week following is a woman who, who needs physical healing and, and, and she experiences the presence and the power of Jesus. If you need healing of any sort, you can come for that. And lastly, Jairus' little daughter who died and, and Jesus raised her from the dead. And we're going to bring application to that and you'll have opportunity to pray for there as well. But in each of these instances, people experience the ministry of the Spirit of God in a powerful way through the ministry in the person of Jesus Christ. So, Mark chapter 4, verses 35. I preached on this last fall. It's the story when Jesus is in the boat, he's asleep in the back, a huge storm blows up on the Sea of Galilee, and the disciples get to the place where they're afraid that they're going to die. The boat is being swamped. A difficult circumstance that the presence and the power of Jesus spoke into. So let's read that together. Um, chapter 4, verses 35 to 39, first of all. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. You know, this is an incredible story that I think we can draw incredible application to our lives with. What, is it, what does it teach us? Well, first of all, we need to begin at the beginning and we need to recognize Jesus led these people into this terrible experience. Did you note that? Let's go over to the other side, Jesus said. It was his idea to go on to the water and he did it because he had work to do on the other side. There was a man there, and I've mentioned him. He was a demonized man, and, and, and evil had just brought chaos and destruction into his life. And Jesus needed, knew that that man needed to be set free from evil. So he went, and immediately after this work was done, this ministry was done in that man's life, Jesus says, let's get back into the boat and, and return. See, he had a purpose to go to the other side. He, he had it in his mind what he wanted to do when he got there. But I want to tell you too, he had a purpose in terms of how to get there. Because it was as they went and as they traveled this journey, they entered into this incredibly difficult experience for the disciples. You know, they ended up madly bailing water to save themselves. And they did so until there was no other option but to turn to Jesus and ask him to help. Lesson number one. Jesus, as the sovereign Lord, leads us into our hard times in life. Evil is involved, 
but he allows it. He leads us into it and through it and beyond it. Sometimes those times are fearful, as was the case here. Sometimes it seems like our lives are threatened, as these people felt their lives were threatened, but Jesus has purpose in it. We got to know that first and foremost. And this is something Jesus' followers often struggle with a lot. You know, they, they somehow can't get their heads around this dynamic. I shouldn't say they, I say we, because I, I share this dynamic. You know, somehow we feel there's something wrong. This shouldn't be like this if God loves me and if God is sovereign and if God is in control. And we ask questions like, God, where are you? God, don't you love me anymore? The disciples note their question, don't you care if we drown? You know, don't you love me enough to act? God, why would you allow this in my life now? This hurts so much. Sometimes people even think God is punishing for them for their sins, which I want to say is absolutely and completely unbiblical and just wrong. God does not punish us for our sins because he's already punished Jesus for our sins. And they are gone. They have been dealt with. No, a hundred times over, no, Jesus... God does not punish us for the things we've done wrong. But what he does is lead us into difficult circumstances for a purpose. Into those times when we somehow can't solve our own problems so that in that time and in that place we can experience the presence and the power of the Spirit of God overcoming the wind and the waves in our lives. It's his intention. It's what he wants. Let me read to you 39 to 41. We'll repeat 39. He, Jesus, got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. <laughs> My friends, I want to tell you this. Without this this difficult and painful and, and fearful experiences experience, these disciples would have never experienced God as they did. It just wouldn't have happened in their lives. They would have never have come to that place where they realized that even the wind and the waves obey him. It's the same with us. In the storms of our lives, when we turn to Jesus, when we experience his presence and his power, we experience the reality of God in a way that we never would if we hadn't gone through those times. Another lesson inherent in, in this text, and I want you to hear this, especially if you're struggling today. I'm kind of assuming most of us have a circumstance right now that we're struggling in. For some of us, it may be huge and incredibly painful and incredibly difficult. For others, it might not be so much so but I want you to know these dynamics and I want, them, I want you to apply these biblical truths to your life. Listen to this. There is no problem that God, by his Holy Spirit, can't fix. There is no problem that exists. Listen, if Jesus could quiet a huge storm, he can deal with what, whatever it is that you are going through in your life right now. He can. You know, think, think of these four sermons that are going to be preached. Think about difficult circumstances. You know, think about overcoming evil. Think about actually healing somebody who had this 
18-year-long struggle with health. Think about the, the little girl who was dead and what these people would experience. And I want you to think back to this story and to these words, and I want you to realize that with three spoken words, Jesus overcame the power of nature. Three simple little words, and the wind stopped, and the waves ceased, and the threat went away. You see, my friends, Jesus is able in the storm you are experiencing now to deal with what you face. So number one, he has purpose in what's going on. Number two, he can do whatever he chooses to do in a, in a moment by a word spoken. And then this, and this is a critical element of this story, it is for us to understand when Jesus chose to act in and by his power. You know, in this story, you know, when you think about it, we're talking about the presence and the power of the Spirit of God at work in us. Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit as he was in his ministry. He was present to these people. Back of the boat, fast asleep. Presence wasn't an issue. And I would think for a lot of us, presence isn't an issue. We know Jesus is with us. <laughs> but my friends, he didn't act in power until... When? He didn't act in power until he was asked to act in power. And the disciples didn't ask until when? They didn't ask Jesus to save them until they had absolutely exhausted their own resources and thought they were going to die. This is the way human beings function. <laughs> we think we can handle our problems and we try to do it to the extent of our ability. Um, think about the reality of, 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 of the foundational understanding of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and coming into a relationship with God so that we are reconciled with him, forgiven, loved, his what do most people naturally think and do? They think, if I can only live a good moral life, then somehow I will experience the acceptance of God. He will accept me. He will let me into his heaven because I have lived well, because of what I have done. I got to tell you, my friends, we do that until the Holy Spirit opens our eyes. Think back two weeks until the Spirit of God works in our minds and in our hearts in the way that only He can. And we come, usually through Scripture, to a recognition that we can't save ourselves, that any sin of whatever amount that exists in our lives will and has separated us from God. And the only way to be reconciled by God is through faith in Jesus, who He was, what He did on the cross where He died for us, my sin so much so that we come into the presence of God and say Lord forgive me for all that I have done this I pray in the name of Jesus my Savior and God forgives all of our sins and he opens wide his arms to us and he embraces us as his children and we are his forever you see we come to the end of our own resources our own ability and we recognize we can't do this it's only God at work in us by His Spirit through the person of Jesus who can. And I want to tell you with our difficult circumstances, very often it's the very same thing. 
Think about yours right now. We try and we try and we try to fix the problems we have, and very often we leave God out of it until we realize we can't deal with our own problems. It's just not working. You see, sometimes the last thing we do is go to the Lord Jesus to ask him to act for us in power instead of it being the first. And what's what's the truth that's here? Listen, it is our self-reliance and it is our pride which keeps us from experiencing the presence and the power of God. So, there's an offering here in this story for you and for me. To, to believe that there is purpose, right? To know it, to understand that Jesus has the power to solve our difficult reality. And to stop relying on our own resources and just go to him to ask him to do what we need done. And of course, we're offering you that opportunity today. Let me ask you, what is your storm? Do you know it? Well, let me put it this way. Where are you experiencing fear in your life? Where is it that you feel your life is threatened? (laughs) Where is it that you've been striving on your own to fix your problem? Where have you tried over and over and over again to make things right, but things haven't been made right? And you're coming to a place where you're saying, I need Jesus. I want to tell you, if you're in that place, you're in the perfect place to ask the one who can make things right to do so. You're in that place where you can pray for and experience not only the presence, but the power of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. Could it be a relationship? You know, if you're married, you know how hard marriage can be, right? I look at my dear wife. That's because of me. I mean, <laughs> not her. <laughs> but it's true. Like, marriages go like this. They're great, and then they're really hard, and then they get good again, and then they're really hard. But could it be right now your struggle is because you're in one of, one of those valleys, and somehow your marriage relationship has spiraled down into a, to a reality of negativity and criticism? So there's no affection anymore. It's easy to begin to think that the love has gone I don't love him anymore. I don't love her anymore. What's the point? I want to tell you, in that place, if you'll turn to Jesus, you can experience his presence and his power by his spirit. Maybe it's a relationship at work. How many people experience work relationships that just drain them of life, whether it's a boss who's unreasonable and difficult and you know, just a, a cranky old guy or woman? <laughs> A co-worker who's just making life miserable. You know, Jesus can intervene in that. He can make that right. Maybe it's a relationship that you have with a child, young or old, and things are just really hard. And, and you know that you can't do any more for that child, but it has to be the Lord who speaks into him or to her life and change and bring healing and wholeness. You can come and pray for that today. You can come and pray for your marriage today. Everything is held in confidence as we do so. You can come and pray for the circumstance at work. Could it be that you have a problem at work and 
in your business and you need Jesus to intervene, I want to tell you, Jesus can fix problems in business too. He can. He's able to. He wants to. Is it financial? You know you're in a debt circumstance which has just gotten out of control. It's a big problem in our society. And you don't know how you're going to be able to pay back your debts. Maybe it's financial in the sense that you can't pay your bills and you're just at the end of yourself and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried. And maybe now it's time to turn to Jesus so that by the power of his spirit things can be made right. Is it a health issue? Is it an addiction that, that is the storm of your life right now and it threatens to overwhelm your life? You've thought so many times, I can get on top of this, I can be self-controlled, I can fix this. But now you're coming to a place where you realize, no, I can't. I don't have the power within me. And I need, I need a power beyond myself to enable me to move forward with life. Is it an emotional challenge? Are you suffering with loneliness? With fear, with anxiety, with depression? And somehow these things just have collapsed in upon your life and you can't break free of them? I want to tell you this. It does not matter what your problem is. Jesus can deal with all of them because he is God. And he is able the only way you, you might ever know that reality, you might never know his presence, you might ever know his power at work in you by his spirit is by you asking him to act. You know, I can't define all of your problems, partly because I don't know them all. I know mine. But what I can tell you is that as Jesus was once in a boat and his followers desperately needed him to ask when they asked he fulfilled the purpose that he had for their lives and he acted in, acted in power to meet their need and I'm here to say today will you ask him in this unique context to do what you need done we're going to watch a video now of someone who once asked the Lord Jesus to intervene. So let's listen to that. I'm Andy Gron, a member of IPC for, I believe, around eight years uh, with my wife, Jeanette. And we have four children, uh, Jordan, Deanna, Roxana, and Dylan. We have four beautiful grandchildren. We've had the privilege of experiencing God's grace throughout our lives in Mary in various ways. Uh, and one of them, of course, is the adoption of our four children that we got from Romania. That story is incredible. I was, uh, I was married in 1980, and at that time then, of course, coming from both uh, large families and cousins and things like that it was our desire to have children we started to notice that that wasn't coming too fast and and um, that was the beginning of a wake-up call for me that I am NOT in control and God has a different plan um, Jeanette then um, kind of said to me 
well, we can always adopt. That's, but since I was 33 years old, there was no way that we'd be able to adopt domestically. I was too old. To make a long story short, we had to jump through a lot of hoops and so forth to get our paperwork all switched over to Romania. We ended up getting my citizenship within three months. Totally unheard of. It was the power of prayer. It was total. You know, it, it, I, I just can't explain it. Nobody can explain it anyway. The guy in the office said, well, obviously this is God. My uncle said to me, are you ready to go? And my answer to him was, I am ready to go, but I'm really worried. I have no work for the shop. I'm going to step on this plane and I'm going to worry about the shop the whole time while I'm gone. And he said to me, let's pray about it. So we prayed in my office in Brantford with Jeanette. The prayer wasn't even done and I got the phone call from one of our major suppliers saying, we just landed a big contract, I need you to sew. I, I'm going to fill your shop up for the next month and month and a half. I got on that plane and I never once thought about the business. My God is so good. You know, I just can't get over how the feelings all come back. But there, one of our prayers was that, Lord, please only reveal to us that the children that you have, because there was a lot of things happening with the Western world coming into these orphanage and just going and handpicking and saying, yeah, I want that one, but no, not that one, and so forth. And, and we couldn't do that. You know, we, we'd have to take them all home. And that course is just not possible. So the two that we saw were the two that we got. You know, we truly believe that, uh, you know, God in you know, the Bible says that uh, he has prepared works for us. And those were two of our children that he had already prepared for us. So we were, we were thinking that we needed to be uh, in Romania for th four weeks, at least four weeks. And there was, there was no documentation at that time that anybody had gotten out within a month and I needed to get Jeanette back home as quickly as possible. Now the flights coming into Romania at that time from Frankfurt was one flight a week. There was only one flight. We needed a visa from the Canadian Embassy so that I could get visas for our two children, now Jordan and Deanna, to be able to stay one night in Germany and then fly on to uh, Canada. And within Bucharest, we needed to hit the, um, the passport office, the Canadian Embassy, the, um, the German Embassy, then the Lufthansa flight office. We had to have that documentation before the airline would allow us to book a ticket. The driving time to do all this thing, we couldn't do it. It was just absolutely impossible. We had to make a decision what we're going to do because we are now running out of time. So we decided at that time they would take me to the German embassy. So they, they let me in and they asked me what I was doing and I said I need to get a visa for my two kids. Where's your Canadian visa? And uh, for the kids. 
and I said, well, my wife is at the Canadian Embassy, and she's going to bring it over right away. So she's the second time she came back, and she said to me that we, we close at 4.30, and everybody has to be out of the building for security reasons. So if your wife is not here by that time, I'm sorry, you'll have to come back tomorrow. Well, tomorrow is not an option because that's when the plane flies out, then we're there for the week. And in the meantime, I'm seeing all these people that are applying for visas that want to go into through Germany and so forth are being denied. Then it was like quarter after four and I knew I was out of time. And I knew I was in trouble. I was in big trouble. We were not going home. Deanne in my arms and she was just sleeping so beautiful and so forth and I just said okay Lord it's up to you now I've done everything I can do you need to do this I need to bring my family home and she's coming down the stairs and she comes to me and she says the ambassador has signed this he has never done this before you're free to go. And I was just in shock. I just remember getting the, the visa and going through the gate and it was a cloudy day and it was raining and I was protecting Deanna from the rain and I see Jeanette coming down the street and Jeanette's crying and saying, we didn't make it. We, it's over. And I just remember feeling like I'm not crying. I'm feeling very much on cloud nine and realizing what God or what, what Jesus and the Holy Spirit has just done. And I held it in my hands and I said, Jeanette, I didn't get this visa just so that we could stay another week. We are going to Lufthansa and we are going to get on that plane and we are going home tomorrow. So we got in the car and we drove. We drove to Lufthansa and closed. We had just got there as they had closed the window and the lady came there and said, sorry, we're closed, come back tomorrow. And I said to her, I said to her, no, we, we, we need to get on the plane tomorrow. She said to me, okay, we'll do that. There's the only, the one flight leaving. And she said to me, I'm sorry, sir, but the plane is full. There is no room on the plane. I said to her, uh, what about the business class? Because there was a business class in Econo. And she said, oh, there are two seats available in business. The children were allowed to sit on our laps and it was a two hour flight and we were now leaving to go home. Uh, it was all God, all of it. The task from the day that we started, we were in trouble, to all the roadblocks going through, just the math, if you would do the math of the time frame and the traveling and so forth, we couldn't do this. There was nothing that we could do that could make it work, nothing. And he had it 
all planned and ready to go. So we were the first ones to be able to get in and out of Romania at that time in two and a half weeks. It was never done before. And the Holy Spirit moved immediately with action and power. You know, sometimes we pray and we ask for this, but we're not ready to receive the answer. And that's why the answer gets delayed because some things need to be worked out in our lives before we get the answer. But on that day, it was, it was lightning speed how the Holy Spirit worked. Lightning speed. It was just incredible. The real big story was that before these kids were born, that God had already wrote in their story that they were coming to Canada. And, um, and, uh, and that we would be their parents. You know, we tried all these things, you know, to um, have our own children and so forth. And, uh, but God already had that plan made. That experience that I had in Romania has been absolutely profound. Um, for me, when you really experience um, God working through His Holy Spirit uh, and working in your life, um, it really changes how uh, you view things. Really, it's really, it's really changed how I view a lot of things and a lot of my decisions. Um, it's really not about me at all. It's all about God and how He works in, in, um, in my life. see, does <clears throat> Jesus have the capacity to cause a German ambassador to do what he's never done before? <laughs> and does he have the capacity to touch the life of someone behind the desk at Lufthansa to say, in spite of us being closed, we're going to see what we can do to make this work? See, the answer is yes, because he's God. And does he want to prove himself to you in the midst of your struggle, heartache, difficulty, challenge, and fear? He does. It's his purpose. It's his heart's desire. You know, one of the things that we need to grapple with, my friends, is whether we are just simply willing to go into the presence of the risen Christ and say, will you work by your spirit in my life because I'm in need right now. And I'm calling on you to do what I can't do. I've recognized that I've come to that place, but I'm calling on you to do what I know you can do by your grace, because of your love, through the power of your spirit and work on my life. You see, when you experience that, you move from one place to another. Faith isn't just about what we hold in our heads. It's about a living, dynamic reality, and it's about coming to know a God who is an incredible God, present, powerful to me. I want to challenge everyone here that that is where the Lord wants to take you. It's not just about holding a set of doctrines in your head. It's about living a life where you're encountering the presence and the power of God. 
And you know what we need to do to get there? No, what did Andy say? It's in your hands. There's nothing more I can do. What we have to do to get there is just ask. And one of the amazing things about this story, in each of these four stories, there are, there are themes that are, that are present in each. There's, a, there's somebody with a big problem, right? There's an approach to Jesus of some sort. Um, there is the presence and the power of God activated. There is fear. And there is faith somehow displayed. In the other stories, the, the man with the, the demon and the woman with the, with the illness and, and, and the, the, the dead child, those people believed that Jesus could act. This is the one story where his followers had no faith. You remember I read that? None. None. It's, it's dramatic. It's remarkable. <laughs> it, it, it's craziness. <laughs> but his guys had no faith. But you know what? In spite of their lack of faith, Jesus saved them anyway. Why did he do that? The text doesn't really say, but I would suggest to you he acted in power for them because he loved them. He just really cared about these men who were terrified of death, and he didn't want them to die. And he acted because he wanted to prove to them who he was. You see, in the end, it is these men who ask the question, who is this one who even the wind and the waves obey him? They still didn't have faith, but they're asking the right question. You know who answers that question? The man in chapter 5 who is struggling with a legion of demons in him. And because it is there that the demons say, um, five, chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. Let's read that. The demons say, When he saw Jesus from a distance, he, the man that is demonized, ran and fell on his knees in front of him. And he shouted at the top of the, his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. In chapter 4, the disciples ask the question, Who is this man? Dramatically, ironically, it is the demons who tell them. <laughs> but they come to this understanding they come to this place ultimately of going oh my goodness what a God he is Jesus wants to take you to that place if we will but just ask for his help so in conclusion what is your need today what are you afraid of really what seems threatening in your life? What is it that you can't fix It somehow beyond your control? Where do you need God to intervene in your circumstance? Well, can I ask you to come to one of three prayer stations and ask Jesus via the ministry of these people, elders and prayer team members, to meet your need. To meet your need. final comment, Jesus is the sovereign God. If you're in the midst of a storm right now, he has purpose for you, where he wants to take you, but also how it is that he's going to get you there. And one of his purposes is this, that you might see and understand and be left in awe because of his power at work in your life. Anybody want that? 
Anybody want more of God than you've ever known before? Wow. In a minute, you'll be invited to come and to ask that he might move in power. Let's pray. Lord, sometimes we don't really understand, especially in the midst of our storms, why we're there. But Lord, we know you have purpose. And God, what we've learned from Scripture today is that you are with us and that you are ready to act on our behalf by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, there are people here today, there just have to be, who have struggles and heartaches and challenges and difficulties of various sorts. And you are ready to answer their prayer as they come to you and say, Lord, I can't do it, but I'm asking you to do it. I'm asking you in. I want to see you. I want to know you're present in my life, and I want to know your power at work in me to take me through the storm, to save me. So, Lord Jesus, as we sing this final song and as people come for prayer, we look for you to reveal to us your presence and your power. As we go from this place, Lord, we anticipate answered prayer. And we look for you to prove to us your presence and your power. Lord, for those people who are hearing that call today to either come to the front or the back of this room for prayer, we just pray again that you would give them the courage to do it. That they might end up asking the question, who is this one? Who is this one? that in the end they might come to know who you truly are. So Lord, bless this time. Holy Spirit, come. Come in your power. This prayer is offered up in the name of Jesus. Show us who he is. It's in his name we pray. We will be singing again a song to conclude our service. The song is finished. We invite people who uh, want prayer to remain and and continue to receive prayer as need be. I ask everybody else just to silently stand up and uh, head out. Uh, Let's really honor the